Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new? Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people from the Welcome board. to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez. And today I have a, a friend that I have met for over, I would say at least eight years that I have met my friend Salam Onger. Salam is my friend. I met her, I think, in a, in a community event. I see her in downtown, always happy with her friends when I was doing my pedicab, biking around downtown. And Salam, Salam, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Miguel. Thanks for having me. Hi. Yes, you are right. We met at the community um, downtown events, riding your bike. Yes. Salam, um, Salam is a, a nurse practitioner. A registered nurse. Registered nurse. So, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I am a registered nurse with Mayo Clinic. I work in inpatient medical surgical unit. I've been with Mayo for the past 17 years. Uh, Currently, I'm on a temporary assignment because of COVID. I am doing a remote patient monitoring program. uh, Where we follow uh, patients, COVID patients at home uh, closely. Uh, which is a great, great program. And I'm also a volunteer with the RHCP as a community connector for the Ethiopian community, uh, which is a great um, program that I joined in April uh, where um, I learned a lot about COVID and things like that. And I'm also a resident of Rochester for the past 20 years. So um, can you kind of, let's say, paint the picture on what consists, what consists, uh, what is your role on the remote patient monitoring? What what kind of patients are you monitoring and helping? So um, our patients, they are um, uh, high risk or moderate risk due to uh, comorbidities or immunocompromised pregnant due to age and other reasons uh, as provider orders. Uh, so instead of being at the hospital, they'll be at home and uh, Mayo will send them equipment at home to test their vitals twice or four times a day, depending on their case. Um, we uh, nurses remotely, we monitor those vital results. And also there are some questionnaires that the patients will answer. And based on that, uh, we'll call back and follow up on that if they report anything concerning and either we make recommendations for some kind of uh, at-home treatment or if they need to be seen in, in a clinic or in the emergency department. So, uh, so are, these, are these patients who have been diagnosed with positive COVID tests? Yes, these are COVID patients in quarantine, and we follow them uh, while they're in quarantine, sometimes 10 days, sometimes 20 days, uh, and also... Um, beyond that if, if need be. And, and what has been your experience with the, with the patients with this service? Um, one thing I'll tell you is 
about COVID, you've, you've heard a lot of uh, conspiracy theories. The COVID is not real. And I've, I've, I've not met this patient uh, physically, but talking to some of the sick patients, it's really, it's really sad and concerning and people need to take it seriously. Uh, but working with the patients, patients are very grateful, thankful for the program. Um, it's very effective and it just makes you feel grateful about, you know, Mayo, how above and beyond they go to care for their patients. And what about, um, is there is any learning curve with technology with some of your clients, some of your patients? Um, there is. Even if, so the nice thing about it is when uh, the patients receive the testing kit, they also would receive a, a, an iPad and that, that does not require a Wi-Fi wherever they are. So all they have to do is just turn it on and the company that will send them that device, uh, will they can call or they will call them and they will walk them through. So we have young and old individuals using it um, with little to no difficulty. And also sometimes we have non-English speaking patients. We also have a language department that can assist us, assist us with that. So there are some uh, uh, challenges there, but we're, we were able to work through them. Okay. And... Can you tell me a little bit in, about your uh, involvement with RHCP, which is, stands for Rochester Healthy Community Partnership, which we're doing this podcast in partnership with RHCP? Right. So um, uh, my involvement with RHCP is I am the community connector for the Ethiopian community. Uh, so basically, I would attend a meeting. We have health expertise, uh, internal medicine, uh, infectious disease are on board with RHCP. And we will we'll talk about what's the current issue, what is the community's needs, and what kind of teaching materials are needed. So all those would be provided and would be even translated in multi-language. And I will take that back to my community and disseminate that information on a timely manner. And also for my community members, if they have any questions, um, <clears throat> even if it requires some kind of expert answer, we have infectious disease, Dr. Sia. I can bring back the questions to her, email her or at the meeting. And um, so basically yeah, I'm the middle person between the experts and the community members and also help uh, residents navigate what is available resources in our town for COVID patients or those who are affected by COVID. Yeah, I remember um, in one meeting you share the, also the information sharing RSCP here in Rochester is also is getting uh, to Minneapolis and other uh, with other members of the Ethiopian community. How big is the Ethiopian community, at least here in Southeast Minnesota or in the region? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't have a number, but in Twin Cities area, we have a very large Ethiopian uh, community. Uh, and with COVID, Hennepin County was a hot spot, and we have uh, Ethiopian professionals and also residents and um, who were affected by this. So we were able to work together with them and exchange information. I will give them what they have and also timely if they have any translated material from CDC or MDH, they will share that back with me. So uh, we, we, made, we were able to create that kind of relationships uh, we were not able to have otherwise. So... Um, we were working together and uh, educating people. We have a Viber group that has over 250 members uh, that continuously uh, share information about COVID, about how to protect yourself, what resources are available, and now the current issue being, you know, vaccination and uh, all kinds of uh, educational materials. And in, in 
within the Ethiopian community, what has been your experience for the preferred uh, way to receive information? Um, both uh, via platform that they use to to consume information. Yes. So now, because COVID, now we can't have gatherings anymore. Before, people used to gather at least once a week at church, but now we don't have that. And social platform, uh, Facebook group and Viber group has been uh, a way to uh, stay informed and communicate. And that's the, the, the main form of communication that we've been using. And with some individuals that are not tech savvy or not interested in the social media, we make individual phone calls and kind of follow up on their needs and whatnot. Okay. And, and what has been the feedback that you get from the community? What is some of the biggest needs? Uh, feedback we get from the community is that they are grateful. Uh, as you know, that uh, uh, culturally we don't, talk too much about uh, illness or negative things. We always hope for, for the best. So when COVID comes, it was kind of scary. And having all the information all the time out there uh, was very helpful. Now, everybody knows this is not just happening to you. Uh, just like the word that you hear, we're, we're in this together. So either we get sick or we get help, you know. So that is the experience I get is uh, it was well received that Everybody's talking about it, and everybody's ready to help and willing to help. Okay. And, for example, now that the seasons are changing, it's getting fall is here already, and, you know, it's typical uh, that we see at this time of the year a campaign to get your flu shot to prevent um, get the influenza during this time of the year. What... Um, what do recommendation as a nurse do you have for for our listeners related to the prevention? Um, you're right. It's flu season right now. And the symptoms of the flu are very similar to the COVID. And personally, I get vaccinated and I make sure my family is vaccinated. Also, I'm as, a, as a nurse, if I go inpatient, I want to protect my, my patients because there are also people who cannot give vaccination we are also protecting them by us not being infected. Uh, so that's a responsible thing to do and also um, to take care of yourself and your family. And um, with COVID, there's no vaccine. And if people get sick, they get sick and they have to go to the hospital. With the flu, at least we can keep ourselves, yeah, prevent and keep ourselves out of the hospital and so that the hospital doesn't get overwhelmed. You know, in the beginning, we were talking about flatten the curve. So now... We're doing okay so far, and we don't want added stress with flu patients coming in. If we can help it, get the vaccination. I know sometimes some people are worried about side effects and any other questions. You can always call your primary care provider, and any concern, any questions you have, is this the right thing for you? So you should do that. And it is recommended for any, anyone, uh, for the most part, anyone uh, older than six months old uh, and, and people at high risk like elderly and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I want to share with everybody here listening, if you live here in Rochester, in Southeast Minnesota, the community health services are offering a flu shot. Uh, the flu shot, if you are already visiting the, the community health services, which is a free, free clinic here in Southeast Minnesota, in Rochester, they're offering the, your flu shot if you go for a checkup. Uh, also, they have it a 
if you have insurance and you want to go get, you can use your insurance there to get your flu shot. Also, if you cannot pay, there is a fee for $15 if you don't have a insurance, but if you cannot pay those $15, they'll work with you and they're offering you the flu shot. They just want to prevent, you know, every community member to get the flu. Also, uh, they're offering um, um, COVID testing. Uh, is Monday to Friday from 9 to until noon, until 12. So every day you can drive. All you have to do, you just call. I'm going to be putting the phone number and the information on this podcast. You just call. Uh, you don't even have to get out of your car. They'll be waiting for you outside. And they, they have a mobile unit. You just drive. They do the swap. Is the one doing that on the throat where they do that swap, and then they'll call you, I think, within 48 hours. Uh, what else do you have to share with us, Salam, regarding of, you know, keeping your guard up and, and, and take precautions? Because at this time, uh, you know, it's been since March, and it's, 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 as humans, you know, we, we like to be with people. And, and I understand sometimes we're exhausted, and, and the governor... Also, last week, he encouraged for the age group 18 to 35 to, to, to be strong and to keep your guard up because those are the biggest cases they are transmitting. And they don't have a lot of those, uh, a lot of individuals within that age group, they don't, they don't uh, have symptoms. And, and, and they're the one. So uh, the ones are more out about and transmitting. So mm-hmm. anything that you can share with us? Yes, you are right. Um, this has been talked about since late December, January, and mostly in around March uh, about COVID and how to, pr- to protect yourself. And we're overwhelmed with all the information that we hear. Things keep changing and we're starting to get frustrated, which is very understandable, but... Keep in mind, still there's no vaccine for COVID and still there's no cure for COVID. So don't let your guard down. Uh, keep what you are doing. We're doing good so far. If you haven't gotten it yet, good for you. Uh, you know, wear your mask and keep your social distancing. And I know that we're, we're humans and we need to gather and do things together. There's one thing we can do that I just heard about is a COVID bubble, which you create your own circle of friends and you do things together at all times and it's okay to be around each other but if anyone from that circle goes out and do other things in another place or you know if there's a high risk they need to communicate they they need to have that open communication and also like you say that age group between 18 and 35 uh they're healthy for the most part and maybe they get it but they didn't get sick which is good but the problem is they can pass that on to a person who is a high risk who can't who have very weak immune uh, immune system and it's it's very devastating. So it's just not for us. We're doing it for others too. Uh, additionally, it's called the season is coming now and we are forced, we're going to be forced to be indoors. Uh, so use the modern technology to stay connected. Don't just isolate yourself, stay connected. Use, you know, via meet, uh, Zoom meetings and different things. Just get creative and limit your uh, interactions or close uh, proximity uh, activities that we have to do and also always keep your mask and keep your uh, social distancing so yeah don't let your guard down uh, stay 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 safe mm-hmm. so salam 
can you share a little bit with us what would it be your typical day as a nurse uh, working on the remote patient monitoring? Because oh. I've, been, I've been trying to connect with you and you're super busy, and especially <laughs> these past two weeks where the numbers are unfortunately going up. Yes. So I, when I work, for example, day, day shift, so you log in at seven o'clock um, and it looks like, you know, you're on the computer sitting, but you're busy at all times. You're looking at the monitors, you're looking at different numbers and you're trying to call everyone possible. Uh, when you, you know, every four hours, every couple hours, I will try to get up and stretch, um, but it's nursing. It's different nursing than the bedside nursing. When I work at the hospital, you know, you're going room to room, you're interacting with people, you see how they are. Uh, but when you work remotely, you hear what they tell you. And, um, uh, sometimes it, it's hard, uh, like you have to ask different questions to get really what's going on in there. And also having that, um, uh, it's very humbling, you know, people are in isolation and you talk to them and they're, you know, they're glad to hear from you. And then, you know, they want to chat with you, you know, so it's, it's a very humbling experience and it just makes you feel good. And then, um, but you, you hope for the best. It's very stressful. It has negative and positive to this whole thing. Uh, it, it brought, it brought the real human out of all of us, uh, the care and compassion that we share each other. So yeah, basically my day as a nurse is just sitting in front of the computer and talking to people, <laughs> a little bit different nursing. Oh, well, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you do. And and for the work that you do within your community too, and all your expertise that you share with us to your insight, because you're dealing with patients. Uh, and and that's, that's, like you mentioned, it brings the humanity and, and being able to connect with, with uh, another human, that's, that's very important, especially when they are under that situation. So um, a message that you wanna give to your Ethiopian community, uh, Please, you have an open mic. You can do it in the, your language. What is the language, the, the Ethiopian community? What is the name? Can you share with us? So um, we have over 80 dialects in Ethiopia. Okay. And I speak the national language that has been known historically, which is Amharic. Uh, and most Ethiopians understand that language as well. Okay. Um, and uh, my messages uh, for my Ethiopian friends is, you know, keep up your good spirit. We're God-fearing people. We believe in prayers and helping one another. And just keep it up. And this too shall pass. Thank you. Well, today I, I want to invite also to all our followers or listeners to please share this podcast. And if you want to share something with the community, please contact us. And we're here to be a, a connector like Salam with the community and you can find us on iTunes on their community board podcast. You can find us also in, in SoundCloud on their community board podcast, on Twitter, on their community board, on Facebook, on their community board. And please stay tuned for more episodes and we're here to help uh, and please take advantage of this platform. And Salam, I think it's time to go stretch a little bit. Thanks, Miguel. Good to see you again. Nice to see you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Good to see you. Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. 
Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Did you see in the news? To get more culture.